everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. That makes me your host. Surrounded by my doctrinaires, Tim Andrews is here. Buenos dias. English Nick is here. Good day. Autumn Fisher is with us. Howdy, hombres. And the <laughs> handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto, is with us. Que paso, Eric. Oh, very nice. Very lovely to hear you all. It's <laughs> like being in that, what's that area of Disney where you're in all the different nations all at once? Epcot. Yeah. It's the United Nations of talk shows right here. We got a lot to get caught up on this week, so it's time for this. Headlines of the week. All right, Jared Yamamoto. A thing or two happened this week. I imagine you probably have some news about the campaign. I do. With 72 million people watching, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton finished their trilogy of debates, and most polls are saying that Hillary won that debate. Uh, first of all, let me just say this. The fact that this means the debates are over, I would hope we could retire the word pivot for a while. I'm a little tired <laughs> of hearing the word pivot. He didn't pivot to what he should have. Boy, she did a really good job of pivoting away from that question about the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> pivot, pivot, pivot. So one, one piece of good news, one piece of good news is in about 15 days, this is all going to be over with. Another piece is after these elections, we're going to hear the word pivot a lot less. So I'm feeling good. <laughs> I'm feeling good about stuff. I, I It's rigged. I know the whole thing, apparently, according <laughs> to Donald Trump, is it's rigged, but we'll... We'll get into it uh, deeper than that, I suppose. Uh, I feel like he did a good job. Problem is, she did a good job as well. And I think that he really needed to knock it out of the park. He needed to throw a haymaker. He needed to connect somehow. And I think that he's so far down right now in the polling and so far down with women in particular. And the last thing we saw, he only has 80% of the Republican vote. you got to remember, Mitt Romney lost and lost big or Bigley, as they say these days. Bigley. <laughs> With 93% of the Republican vote. Wow. So he is, uh, he's, he's really underwater. And I think he did a, actually, I think you could say he won. I think you could say that she won. And if you're for him, I think you'll say that. And if you're for her, I think you'll say that she won. I don't know that it's enough to really push things over the top. Now, the big news was that, uh, and, and this really kind of hurts Trump. He did such a good job, actually, on a lot of issues. You can thank Chris Wallace from Fox News for keeping it on issues. But as he so often does, he steps on his own headline and basically buries his own lead by answering this question the way One he did. One of the prides of this country is the peaceful transition of power and that no matter how hard fought a campaign is, that at the end of the campaign, that the loser concedes to the winner. Are you saying you're not prepared now to what i'm to that saying principle. is that i will tell you at the time i'll keep you in suspense well okay? chris let me respond to that because that's horrifying uh you're gonna keep us in suspense <laughs> i will tell you at the time i am not ready to say whether or not i will agree with the outcome of this election i'm gonna keep everybody what in suspense. a horrifying statement i can't I, i'm horrified i feel like hillary tested that word it's october <laughs> halloween is coming up and the word horrified i think works really good in testify <laughs> in, in, uh, in, this this debate is a 
Fright Fest. I have an army, okay, of Minutemen militia people, and we're going to be going to every precinct in the nation, and we're going to be going outside bigly, and we're going to be saying, who did you vote for? We're going to be doing all the exit polling, mm-hmm. okay? Our internal polls show us winning 78 states. This is the, this is the, <laughs> this is the thing. Uh, uh, Donald Trump is telling people to go to the polls and monitor and make sure that things are right. But what do you do? How do you know if things are right or wrong at a polling place? Now, here's the thing about polling places run by some very good and, in my experience, very boring people. When you go to vote, that room is and should be one of the most boring places you've ever been in your life. It's not an excitement factory, and people don't walk out going, hey, I just stole another vote. So how, if you're, what exactly are you monitoring if you're there monitoring the vote? I'll tell you, look, a lot of dead people are being bussed around. You saw it in the Project, Ver- the Project Veritas video, dead people on buses being going all over the country, and they're being taken in weekend at Bernie's style. I uh-huh. believe Hillary knows all about that. They go in, and by the way, she's the one who put it in. I saw the video. Did you see the video? I saw the video. The video. Okay, these Project Veritas people. Never, ever, ever been challenged on the veracity of their work. Yes, yeah, so the guy went to jail for a while and paid fines. But other than that, I think that uh, their work has always been seen <laughs> right. as uh, being pristine. Everything I've seen out of those guys has been spot on. And this... Maybe he didn't go to jail, but he did pay fines. The dead people on buses, it's a problem. So a that's what we're looking problem. for. When your monitors are out there, you're, work- you're looking for buses full of dead people. <laughs> that uh- Check the pulses. That's what I want going on. Look, the pulses of the people need to be checked. Uh, Trump was, uh, then, then after that, the next day, he went out and he's got everybody upset about this. This is obviously a joke, but he is rattling Gentlemen, some cages. Gentlemen, I want to make a major announcement today. I would like to promise and pledge to all of my voters and supporters and to all of the people of the United States that I will totally accept... The results of this great and historic presidential election, if I win. So there's only two outcomes. He wins or he loses. He's let us know that if he wins, he's not going to contest the uh, the outcome. So at least we know that. Man, talk about throwing red meat to your base right there. That's true. But I think sometimes people need to give the guy a break when he is joking. He's joking. And on the other thing, look, it's not a good idea to be letting your voters know that you feel like this election has already been stolen from you because we don't want trouble at the polls. We don't want trouble afterward. The last thing that we need are people hitting the streets with Molotov cocktails. I don't know why that would happen, because let's remember, even if Republicans feel like the election was stolen from them, I have faith in the fact that they're still Republicans, which means they're probably employed And they have to get up and go to work the next day. So unlike a lot of times the other side, where you have professional agitators, uh, the idea of Republicans hitting the streets with pitchforks and torches, I don't really see that happening. But I do think it's wrong for him to push this narrative because it's simply not true. And it's playing up to people's ignorance and You know, this is not an election that's run by the federal government. Our our presidential elections are not that. As a matter of fact, it's 50 individual states. And if you go deeper than that, 
It's all of the counties in the states. It's actually every county and every state has their own election. They report to the state. The state reports to the feds. So in order to have a grand scheme to steal the thing, you'd have to believe that that power lies all over all those counties and all those states. Also, I think 38 or so states are run by Republican governors right now. A good number of states, if they don't have Republican governors, have Republican legislatures. This is the reality. You take a state like Florida that Trump absolutely, uh, well, maybe not absolutely, but would sure like to win. Republican governor, been Republican governors for a good long time, Republican state. So when you say it's rigged, what you're really saying is the members of my own party don't have the ability to keep their own states from having their elections robbed from them, which indicts your own party. It's just not true. Uh, there is obviously fraud. There's always fraud. There's, but what you have to understand is it only matters if statistically speaking it matters, which means if there's 0.05% fraud in the election in any given state, it only matters if the end result is within 0.05% and can be swayed by that. Donald Trump's looking at a situation where this election may end up not being close enough for any fraud to have anything. The fraud, uh, I, I believe somebody did a study of number of years. It was uh, 2000 through 2012 or something along those lines. And they actually found something like 31 individual cases of people showing up saying they were somebody that they're not. Yes, there are a lot of people registered who wouldn't, shouldn't be, and that's always going on. But in a way, Trump, again, and his people are a little naive. Like, yeah, we know you're not pros, but politics is a blood sport. Get used to it. People say mean things in their emails about demographics across the country. They're very cynical. And what we're seeing a lot of in a lot of these WikiLeaks and then in the uh, arguments for the election being rigged is really the way it is all the time. And there have been a couple occasions, the 2000 election, George W. Bush, Al Gore came down to Florida and a few votes where it mattered. 1960, an awful lot of people seem to believe that uh, John F. Kennedy was able to steal the election from Dick Nixon using Texas and Illinois and West Virginia. Those are two cases that stand out. But for the most part, uh, I really think it's kind of dangerous for Trump to be out there trying to tell his people that this election has been stolen. Well, why don't you just quit? If you can't win, why don't you just quit? Because I want to show that the establishment and all of the rigged media people out there have been stealing these elections for years. Ralph Nader won in 2000. I can prove it, and I will after this election. Uh, there were, yes, Jared, you have your hand up as if you want to ask a question or say something. I'm wondering where the news cycle would have gone had Trump not made these allegations that there's fraud in the election and that there's and that he's not going to essentially concede. Well, it's a good question because an awful lot of there was there were it was a very issues-oriented debate. Right. And I thought it was a great debate. He would have had to do more than not mention the fact that he may not accept the, uh, the outcome of the election. Uh, I, I imagine that they would have really honed in on the she's a nasty woman comment uh, that, that he made <laughs> otherwise. Which I it, thought was kind of a compliment. You, you thought that was a compliment, actually, being called a nasty yeah, like, woman. Ooh, nasty girl. Like, ooh, she's like nasty. Such a nasty woman. Right. <laughs> she's nasty. Just ask Huma. Abaddon. <laughs> Such a nasty woman. So uh, I think if he hadn't said the nasty woman thing, and if he hadn't said <laughs> the uh, thing about maybe not uh, accepting the results of the election, yes, then perhaps then you the, talk media, about the, substance the media would have been forced to talk about substance. And here's the point. Donald Trump is right, and every Republican is right when you say the media is in the pocket for the Democrats and Hillary Clinton. Absolutely. Absolutely. The problem with Donald Trump is that he serves it up to them on a platter. 
He gives them everything that they want and more so that he makes it so easy for them not to get on the substance. Because Donald Trump actually in this debate had pretty good uh, answers to a lot of questions and made people feel somewhat comfortable with them. People who are on the edge, Republicans. But the problem is that he always serves it up on a platter to the media that's already in the pocket of his competitor. And you, you have to be more disciplined than that. Don't step on your own message. Look, if somebody asks you if you're going to accept the outcome, just say, yes, I will. And then if you don't, you don't. Right. But it, right. it's not a story until then if you don't. But I think this is what Donald Trump is doing. I think he realizes he can't catch up with her. But if he sullies it so much, he's hoping that he actually depresses her vote. I think he thinks he's maximized his vote. But if he can throw enough garbage on her to depress her vote, people aren't really into her. They're just voting for her because she's standing there. I think that's his idea. I don't think it's going to be successful. More headlines when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back to the Von Hessler Doctrine. I am Eric Von Hessler. These are my doctrinaires who are just talking about the, the big debate this week. When it comes to the wall that Donald talks about building, he went to Mexico. We had a meeting with the Mexican president. Didn't even raise it. He choked. He choked, she said. He choked. I don't know what she's talking about. I don't choke on anything. He choked. And you know what? I, you know what I'd like to talk about is the 70s. Remember the 70s? I do. I do remember the 70s. <laughs> well, you know what I was doing in the 70s? I was helping when poor children in the inner city. Talks about- Sorry. Go ahead. While, while Mr. Trump here was kicking blacks out of his apartment buildings. <laughs> Not true. And in the 80s, you know what? I was helping poor women get jobs while he was taking money from daddy. One million dollars. Not a yeah, very big loan. Not small a very big loan. loan. I paid him back. In the 90s, I was working with in China for human rights while he was filing for bankruptcy. Also a lie. Okay, let me tell you this. Reality TV. <laughs> Wonderful, okay? You should have won an Emmy. I should have won an Emmy. Was Look. that the first presidential debate where a nominee for a major party <laughs> contended that he was robbed of an Emmy, that he should have won an Emmy? I believe it is the first time. May rigged. first. Rigged. It's he rigged. should have stayed in TV and stopped running for president. I don't know what he's doing here. I can't believe I'm running against this clown. I'm on TV every day. Look, I am the biggest <laughs> celebrity in all of America, okay? Bigger than you. Stop it with that, okay? Look, I have to breathe. I know. Okay, hang on a minute now. Look, I love being on television. I love hearing my voice. I love seeing my face on every screen 24-7. You changed your, your position on immigration just a little bit. I want to build the wall. We need the wall. We have some bad hombres here, and we're going to get them out. Just the bad hombres now. Just the bad hombres, not the good hombres. The good hombres can stay, okay? Because, look, they're good. But the bad hombres, we've got a lot of them. Got to get rid of them. Horrifying. we got to go. You find that horrifying? horrifying man. When we return, horrifying. Autumn Fisher, who's horrified at this time... It's going to return with WTF. All that when we return. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in this Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll get all the in-depth news coverage you come to expect, plus $130 in coupon savings, or as Autumn tells me, I should say, coupon savings. That's why we say 
If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. These are my doctrinaires, and it's now time for this. What the? What the? What the? Seriously, what the? WTF with Autumn Fisher. That's right, Autumn Fisher. What the fun and games, Autumn. Uh, so, Ken Bone. Our Ken Bone. Who is this Ken red, Bone? Red sweatered, our adorable red sweatered uncle yes. from the second debate. Yes. So very famous. Um, so very famous. I think the lesson here is just don't. Don't get fa- don't get internet famous because they found some uh, comments that he's made on some uh, pornography web. Well, here's uh, uh, I, now, uh, comments. What he did, and I know this because my son, my 18 year old, is a, a Reddit kid, and all day long he's looking in his phone, reading Reddit. And I guess this Ken Bone, who became the uh, star after the second presidential debate with his uh, red sweater. What kind of sweater is that? It must be an IZOD, because I just heard that uh, he got a commercial for IZOD, I believe. Must have been. I, I, I would describe it as a chunky knit. A chunky <laughs> knit. $49 on Amazon. There are a lot of episodes in my life that could be described the same way, but I don't want to get into those. We'll just say, for Ken Bone, he wore a chunky knit. I think it's a rope pattern. That's what you yes. call it. Yeah, The, the rope, rope pattern red. And he became all the rage. And so he did an Ask Me Anything on Reddit. And what my son told me was he made the mistake of using he, his own Reddit account to do it. <laughs> He'd been doing this for years on Reddit. And I guess so they just went back into his old comment history and found him uh, commenting on uh, it's called Prego porn. Sorry, close your ears. Yes. You can imagine what that is. And uh, also, I believe the, uh, the, the girl from The Hunger Games, Jennifer Lawrence. Some commentary on her pictures that were stolen from her account. Her well, how could pictures. you not have some commentary on those pictures? Well, that's absolutely correct. But the, Autumn is, is right. If you if you get sudden fame and then you're going to be on the Internet and you're introducing yourself to the world for the very first time and you're a 35-year-old man or whatever, just create a new account. <laughs> have Especially no when history. you're dealing with Reddit. Anything. As I try to tell people, when it comes to the funny stuff on the Internet, let's just call it the funny stuff. Have a different account. Never let the two meet. Don't let the uh, the guy that people see at work and the normal person, don't let those accounts ever overlap with freaky time on the Internet. <laughs> Clark Kent does not use uh, the same Reddit account when he's Superman. No, he There's does not. Two different accounts. <laughs> and that's why people don't even recognize them. Exactly. It's not just the glasses. They're so very different. And I can't say, because it's a family show, we can't say what he said about the prego porn, but it was uh, pretty funny. And if you're an adult, I would go. I would, I would go. I would go look for it. And also, the it wasn't uh, even really that bad. No, it's no, no. Just a little bit flattering that he's looking at. You know, like yeah, it's like know, it really kind prego of. Ladies got to be keep it together a little bit. It okay. burnishes his regular, you know, folksy kind of image Sweet. that that he's not. Sweetness. Yeah, he's not looking at. Uh, you know, hot models. I really He's like him a lot. Red-blooded man, now. just like you, all of you are. You like Ken Bone a lot. Love Ken Bone. Listen, I read all those comments. He didn't say a bad thing at all. <laughs> 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 so that's the lesson. Von Hessler doctrine here is to help people. And uh, if you're like most people who have ever been born in this world, you've got a normal side and you've got a freaky side. The new thing is the internet, and so we must be trained to understand. Never let. The freaky side overlap with the normal side in the internet world. So thank you, Ken Bone. Right. You continue to teach us all how to live our lives. Next story. All right. Do any of us know who Bella Thorne is? I do not know who Bella Thorne is. So well, maybe somebody was, listening uh, she, will. 
Sure. She was on a kids show on like Disney or thing. And oh, okay. Let so me just guess. In- Let me guess. She's doing porn now. <laughs> That's just the story. Uh, kind of porn. That Disney, that Disney operation. All they do is just pump out these kids who, in their twenties, are turning into reprobates. Is that the right word? Reprobate. Right. And so she, I don't know what that means. <laughs> is that when you uh, return something, yes, it is. You get money back. Yeah, you get money back from the store. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you go to customer an un, service. An unprincipled person often used humorously or affectionately. Yeah, something like that. Absolutely. Wow, that was fast, Jared. <laughs> oh, he's just a dictionary. He's on hold. He's That's right. Like, <laughs> you need a fact. I got it right here. Human dictionary. This Jared Yamamoto. Also wearing. So, uh, what I liked the most. Sorry, what I liked most about this story is how she talked about herself. Where she's like, I just love my skin. I just love skin. I love skin on guys. Yes. I so love skin is she on doing, girls. If you're confident. What, what is she doing? Is she doing uh, pornography or what is she doing? It, it's it's Playboy, but it's the new Playboy, right? Where they don't actually show anything. Oh, Playboy. Yet. They're not even nude anymore. Right, exactly. I think this so is like, like uh, uh, just, you know, show your body. It's cool. This is like the headlines don't know how to catch up yet. It's not <laughs> shocking no. when people are in no. Playboy anymore because they keep their clothes on. Now, maybe they, what do they do? Like a maximum, not maximum, I meant to say maxim, <laughs> a maxim even, type of uh, layout where they're just kind of showing midriff and stuff. I think maxim is more risque in a yeah. way. Being yeah. sexy. But she's just yeah. being sexy, right? Yep. So, did yes. it work, Tim? Is she sexy to you? <laughs> no, she's too young. Oh, boy. That's his on-air wow. response. That's his on-air response. She looks a like a, like a skeleton. Well, that makes her... Uh, is, yeah, her an, clothes are falling off just a little bit. Well, she's an actress, so they, they're all skeletons. And check out the podcast. I'll tell you what I really think. There you go. Go, for, <laughs> go to Tim Andrews' Radio Labyrinth if you want to get the truth out of him. Uh, this, so this is I, something that she said, which is annoying. I'm not going to change for anybody else. I love staying true to me. Yeah. Well, what is she, 22 right. or something? Get over yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, obviously, she's awesomely hot and all that. So she has the she has the room. To, she has the room. Shake. She's got it she's, where it counts. Oh, Jared being yeah. a little more. Well, Jared's only 27, so. And she's 19, so it's okay. Oh, my That's God. Oh, Let's move on. Like that. Scratch that. Let's move on from the predatory. Like a milkshake. <laughs> Next story, please, before I get in trouble. <laughs> so the uh, Nobel Academy yeah. is still looking for Bob Dylan to give him his Nobel Prize. Hey, I got news for you. Bob Dylan is still looking for Bob Dylan. I've been looking for the real Bob Dylan for about 48 years, man. <laughs> I'm I, just a song and dance man. Can I say that this, people sometimes wonder, what is so cool about Bob Dylan? This is what's so cool about Bob Dylan. Right. The fact that he's getting he knows this it's BS. Yeah, he's getting this award. Yeah. It's the end of his life. He's lived a long life. He's seen it all. It's not easy to uh, flatter him. He can see right through everything. I don't know. Maybe he'll eventually show up and take the award. But I read in the story that uh, the Academy has said, well, he's he's gotten back to us and said nice things, but we can't get mm-hmm. find out exactly where he is because there's like a nine hundred thousand yes. dollar check. I was going to say it's and, big it's a, involved. On. The check, the check is for nine hundred and twenty-seven thousand seven hundred and forty dollars. Yeah, I really need that money too. <laughs> it's such a weird amount of money. It's what they had for singer-songwriters. 
Also, I, love, I love Bob Dylan. This this just makes me love him more. Also, his stream music, his streaming this week went up by five hundred percent. Like this all did him good. Yeah, people are just people are just now discovering mm-hmm. Bob Dylan. It takes something like this to discover <laughs> Bob Dylan. Jared Yamamoto has heard the two words put together, but has never heard a Bob Dylan. I've heard album. of like a Rolling Stone, but oh, that's about that's it. all you've ever heard. That's all anybody's ever heard. <laughs> you know, it's a couple put- of guys. One called Bob, one called Dylan. Never knew the two went together. Go ahead and get that on the checks, man. You blonde on blonde. That too. Blonde on blonde. I don't like that. Greatest. What? Best album of all time. Uh, we have time for another story? Okay, I heard that music. I didn't know if that was uh, pushing that me That was out. like a Rolling Stone over here. Look just, at this. See, look at these keys over here. I've got was, it all. That was the millennial pulling up the only Bob Dylan song <laughs> he's ever heard in his life, and, and we appreciate it. Next story, please. Uh, Kate Goslin is... Uh, Who's that? Tattle... Oh, <laughs> oh. you know, who knows anymore? Who yes. cares? Kate Goslin... <laughs> Was on Disney show or something? Or what, what? No, she had eight. No, no, she kids. was on TLC. She had uh, eight children with her ex-husband John. Oh, Goslin. Yeah. Kate and John plus eight, or John and Kate plus eight. That's right. I watched every episode at the time. I know that you did. Uh, she- <laughs> did this pre- did this prepare you for motherhood? Uh, no, I wasn't even. That wasn't even my, in my mind at the time. I'm just saying. Now you know you're a mother. Did it in any way prepare you? <laughs> I guess. I mean, it was more. It was more about her freaking out. I just like being, the idea of interrogating you about your response to a reality show. I love it. Let's talk about reality shows all day. I don't want to talk about reality shows all day. <laughs> What's this, Kate Goslin doing? She uh, filed a police report against her ex her ex husband, saying that um, he, he his, first of all he's like forty one years old and he's a DJ. Yes, well that's what people and do, he, isn't that like like guys really can't become strippers? So with the guy celebrity, when the thing's running out, they become DJs, and it really what it is is they're not really good DJs. And and by the way, the, for people listening who don't, know, this doesn't mean like radio playing your songs, DJs in a club DJ. Oh no no no! So they show up in a club. No, where he he gets his iPod and he. Presses yeah. play, and right? That's but what, what it does. really is, remember Lindsay Lohan used to, used to hire her to come and be at the party. That's really all that it is. He's not a good DJ. It's just a way for the IRS to understand why you gave him money that night. <laughs> because, but really, Are you saying you, that I'm not important. Lindsay Excuse Lohan, me. I don't think you still have the same. If I found out Lindsay Lohan was at a party or a club, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I don't know that I should get excited about that anymore. What are you talking about? I'm a big star. And I'm a big draw. I, so, yeah. like, if anyone listening has a club or, like, a restaurant or a basement or something, I could make appearance. But you and, agree like, with me. A lot of people would come. <coughs> you agree with me. The idea of DJing is just a way to get a paycheck. But really, it's the draw that Lindsay Lohan is in the room. Right? Oh, my, do you remember my ex-girlfriend? I, she was a DJ, and she was awesome. Yeah, Samantha Ronson or something like that? Yeah. Sam, yeah, me and Sammy. That was a real true love. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just listening to you, Lindsay Lohan, I totally been turned around. Hold on, if, hold on. <laughs> I, I would if you were up. at a club, I would definitely go. I have to change my mind. Yes, I would definitely. Look for shots. shots, <laughs> no, I, lo- I love shots, Lindsay Lohan, but I'm not coming because you're going to make me sick as soon as I walk in the door. We're all going to get sick. But, Nick, let me just sit on your lap. Okay. It, it's funny you guys bring this up because, I mean, it's so true. The draw, like, pa- I saw Paris Hilton play here in Atlanta. Right. And it was awful. Now, when you say play, oh was she God, a- She I'm was so the DJ, and it was the worst <laughs> DJ set oh ever. Lindsay, Lindsay, what are you saying oh about Paris? She will not stop texting me. <laughs> she says that I have some dress that I borrowed from her, <clears throat> and I don't have it. I told her I gave it back. <laughs> 
She's like texting me constantly and like harassing me. But she's a bully. So Jared, so you actually, uh, so they forced you went and saw Paris Hilton, and she actually had. A de- <laughs> Lindsay, please. Uh, she actually, she actually had her DJ mix going. And it she was did. Terrible. She did. It was the worst DJ set I have ever seen. And, okay, I mean, she messed up in the middle of it several times. See, if I had been there, my response would have been much like yours, except it would have been, it was the first DJ set I've ever seen. Because do you go out and, and watch DJs? Sure, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Wow. You can make a living. Like, hey, I'm Eric von Hessler. Here's my iTunes playlist. Come on out and I'll play it for you. I to leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> I think no, we I can all agree. Dress. That dress is ugly anyway, and I would have kept it. Yeah, so you probably just sold it. You don't have it anymore. All right. A little more WTF when we return. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. It's the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler. They're the doctrinaires. Autumn is one of those doctrinaires. And she has another WTF story for us. Yeah, Larry Flint from Hustler is uh, offering a million dollars for scandalous audio or video footage of Trump. Uh, You know, he does this a lot, Larry Flint. He he gets involved in politics because he doesn't like the hypocrisy. And he usually goes after Republicans because Republicans are always touting the family values line. And so what he does is he puts out these million-dollar rewards for any kind of evidence of mistresses and wrongdoing. And I guess this is following up on the Billy Bush thing, right, Larry? Uh, What's your point here? Well, Donald Trump is probably the most despicable man I've ever met in my entire life. What makes him despicable? What? He's just a hypocritical liar, and uh, he's uh, groping all these women. He ought to own up to it, and I really hope to find a sex tape. So you're not against groping women. You're just against guys who say they don't grope women, then groping women. Listen, you can grope anybody anytime as long as they give you permission to grope them. So you have to have consent, is what you're saying. Consent. So you're offering a million dollars for evidence of non-consensual groping or or any other thing like that. Any kind of thing. Maybe his toupee fell on them in the back of an <laughs> airplane. <laughs> I, uh, Where do you get the million dollars these days? I think Hustler was a magazine. It has to have been hurt just by everything else and well, online. Where do you, you just have all this money from the old days? A lot of good investments, and I own a lot of pornography <laughs> companies online. So, you know, people sign up for thirty nine ninety nine a month, and then they forget. Well, you're doing <laughs> you're, you're doing better than I thought because. I thought you were dead, uh, so I didn't know that you were able to uh, still shake it up like this. Still sort of kicking. <laughs> still sort of kicking. He has a machine that helps him kick. As does this show, and we will continue to kick when we return. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 2 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm your host. I'm surrounded by these lovely doctrinaires. And it is now time for this. More headlines. That's right. Don't let it freak you out too much. We started the show with headlines. We're an hour in, and we feel as if we need more headlines. Jared Yamamoto, give it to me. And it's a presidential 
tradition here. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump appeared together Thursday night for a ritzy gathering, delivering remarks at the White Tie Al Smith charity event. Yes. Now, this is uh, I actually enjoy this. I don't know if they do this every year. I imagine they have the event every year. And then every four years while we're in the election cycle, the two major party nominees appear at this dinner, which is a Catholic function. They're raising money for Catholic charities. And the idea here is that uh, the candidates roast one another with comedy. And uh, McCain did a great job. Obama did a great job. Romney did a great job. As I recall, Bush did a great job. And so, but this, I don't think there's ever been this much tension going into one of these uh, Al Smith dinners. Like I say, I like them because I think every once in a while it's a good idea to have days off from partisanship. I like the fact, as much of a partisan as I am, I'm a libertarian, I want it my way, as hot and heated as these things get, I like stuff like this, where they both show up and they're supposed to be funny, but I feel like, and I saw a little bit of this, uh, they both did all right. I don't know that it was as good as some of the nominees from from earlier years. And it was right after the debate, too. The day after the day debate. The day after the debate. Uh, you know, you got this is a different thing where one guy's saying, if I get elected, she's going to jail. That's a kind of tension <laughs> that really hasn't been at these things before. But usually the candidates do a good job of having some zingers, some roasts. Uh, so, and roasts are big now again because of Comedy Central, but this isn't that kind of roast. So, uh, what were the big zingers of the night from Start Anywhere, Clinton or Trump? People look at the Statue of Liberty and they see a proud symbol of our history as a nation of immigrants, a beacon of hope for people around the world. Donald looks at the Statue of Liberty and sees a four. <laughs> Maybe a five if she loses the torch and tablet and changes her hair. Good joke. Now, here's the thing. They never write these jokes. They have comedy writers. Hillary Clinton has, you know, the the staff of Saturday Night Live at her fingertips when she needs them. Somebody jumps in and writes these jokes for them. She can only write them on delivery. I'd say that was a pretty good delivery on her part. Did uh, Trump have any zingers? Yeah, I'd say so. Now, I'm told Hillary went to confession before tonight's event, but the priest was having a hard time when he asked her about her sins and she said she couldn't remember 39 times that's pretty good pretty good i'd say her uh, statue of liberty joke was a little bit better he get booed at one point he did. i don't know this, so- i don't know that that really happens very often at these things like i say this is a nonpartisan night you roast each other sense of humor my understanding i saw giuliani looked upset in the crowd you're not supposed to be upset. It's, 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 losing his mind. He's just I, upset because he doesn't know where he is. I kind of think that Rudy, I don't, it's going to be interesting to see where he goes after this election because, boy, he got angry somewhere along the line. Anyway, another Trump. Hillary is so corrupt. She got kicked off the Watergate Commission. I don't know that I've seen one of these people get booed before. Especially I'm sure at a roast. <laughs> well, I mean, at that thing. This is a charity event. I don't know that I remember seeing anybody booed before. Maybe it's happened. This thing's been going on for a long time. In the newsroom, they were playing uh, John Kennedy in 1960 when they were running, appearing. Uh, so I guess he and Nixon appeared. So this has been going on for 
a very long time. Out of those things I heard, I think that she delivered her lines better. We Don't gotta, get me wrong. She didn't write it. we got to hope that the next couple presidential campaigns after this one are, hopefully the candidates aren't as divisive as they've been in this campaign. Yeah, because we're losing our Al Smith dinner, for heaven's sake. Exactly. And Donald Trump, <laughs> Donald Trump's better at the clubs. He's a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, I work blue like I used to work the Chitlin District back in the 50s, okay? I, I really can't go into it here because yeah. this is broadcast radio and I don't want anybody to get in trouble, especially my good friend Herman. I, I, a lot of times you told me that the uh, traffic in Atlanta is just awful. Just Look, there's so many peach trees down here. There's Peachtree Road, Peachtree Street, Peachtree Industrial. Why do they call it Peachtree Industrial? There's no businesses there. They're all in China. There you go. That's that's more the nightclub act that you get from uh, from this guy. Hillary, do you do the comedy? Does it come to you naturally? or? Uh, you know, I get my writers to help me out I, I, because uh, I, I prepare for these things, unlike my... My running mate, Donald Trump. Trump, did you prepare or did you just wing it? I winged it. Look, I'm a brilliant, brilliant businessman. Okay? If I can't write a joke, shoot me. My jokes are great. My my joke. Look, you were hilarious. We're going to build a wall, okay? We're going to build a great wall, and we're going to build a wall around uteruses so women cannot have abortions. Hilarious. Horrifying. Horrifying. You're, you've been a little. Am I right? <laughs> no, you're wrong. You're totally wrong. I just want one of them to say, hey, folks. Hey, folks. So what's the deal with women <laughs> running for president, okay? Have you heard what's about this? What's the deal this? with Trump supporters just giving them him his their undying love? Have you heard about this, Am folks? I right, folks? Knock, knock. <laughs> who's, who's there? The first female president of the United States. Good night. Hilarious. Next story. Right, here, so here's a local story that's gone national. Uh, you know, I think we need more local stories in the Von Hessler Doctrine. We don't cover the local. What they say is, uh, what do they say? Think, think global, act local. We need to start thinking and acting local. That's Thank you, Jared Yamamoto, for bringing some local flavor to this ridiculous show. You're very welcome. But this story, on the other hand, is a little troubling because the U.S. Uh, Postal Service has launched an investigation after residents in DeKalb County reported to WSB Radio oh. uh, they were seeing a worker dumping several bins of mail into the woods. I know it's not funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. It is kind of funny. First of all, it is funny because any of the mail that I get any more in my mailbox is basically useless. I think yeah, I get, what am I getting? I get one item for every 300 that matters, yeah. and I have to sift through the other 299 to find the one that matters. So, you know what? If you could probably have thrown away most of my mail for the last five years and really had no effect on my life. We're paying people to deliver advertisements. And exactly. That's all it is. Now, if there's an Amazon box in there, get it. Yeah. Now, that was right. that's, that's something that needs to be delivered. So, you don't get excited when you, uh, you know, open up your mail. Sometimes, sometimes you get one of those uh, special letters or something like that. No, Still, no, no. I don't hard get anything. From, I'm so cynical. Who, I don't. You kept in touch with at camp. Yeah, pen pals <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, I got a Facebook page now, so yeah. you may live in Malaysia, but let's get with the world now. I'm on Facebook, so if you want to be my pen pal, keep up with me there. Uh, so use, I, I would like to throw out most of my mail. Not that they should have thrown out the mail. I guess it's their job to deliver it. I remember when I was a paper boy when I was 12 years old. The worst paper boy in the history of paper boys, <laughs> without a doubt. And I had this apartment complex that I lived in, and so that was an easy enough route. I screwed that up enough just because out of my sheer laziness. But it's a pretty easy route. Everything was inside of this one uh, apartment complex. Then beyond the woods, where we used to build our forts, 
And across the dale, I don't know if it was a dale, but beyond the woods and across a little way, I don't even know what a dale is, across the little way, uh, they were starting a new subdivision. So like four people lived over there and they were building 25 houses. And those people, some of them wanted the daily paper, and so they gave it to me. <laughs> and so I would have to walk through the woods and over the dale to get to these two or three, and quite often, a 12-year-old Eric Von Hessler would just throw those into the woods, would just throw <laughs> those papers into the woods. Guilty. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. It's a new neighborhood. I go over there. Maybe somebody's picking them up off the driveway. I don't know what's happening. So I would you like to condemn really this. Upset yes, are the extreme coupon people. Exactly. They need their millions of leaflets to gather all their double coupons and, you know. That's why they need to get their Sunday AJC. Am I right? Because all the coupons you need are right in there. Thank you very much. Thanks for that setup. Uh, So I don't know what to say. Obviously, these people are in trouble. How long has it been going on? I can only tell you that I would wish that 98% of my snail mail was tossed into the... So you're saying he's doing, he's doing a good service. He's or? doing a service for all mankind. <laughs> we salute and, him. And womankind. Don't get me wrong. Humankind. Humankind. That's right. Does that cover everything? I, I'm wondering with this whole... I, I don't consider myself a human. Yeah, that's mother what, can. That's what I'm saying. Sorry. So I, I, with identity politics, you, you can't even say humankind. You used to be able to say humankind. That meant everybody. I'm but, a w- waterkind. Yeah, so you identify with water? <laughs> I'm a child of water. Okay. So you're not human. Don't judge me. I'm not judging you. Stop it. I'm a wolf, man. I think that, are you a wolf man or are you a wolf man? I'm not a wolf man. I'm a wolf, comma, man. Got it. And I respect it because I'm very, very modern. Jared Yamamoto, give me another story. The U.S. and Ecuadorian governments have both denied they conspired to silence WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. But they did cut off his internet access. Yes, they did. And the reason Ecuador cut it off... Now, Julian Assange, the guy from WikiLeaks, is actually in London, but for the last five years or something, I don't know how long, four, three, four years, something like that, uh, he's been living in the Ecuadorian embassy in London because if he leaves there... The first thing that will happen is, I believe in Sweden, he's wanted on a rape charge. And then after that, the U.S. will want him extradited because of the Bradley slash Chelsea Manning uh, damage that was done. through. Well, now these Podesta emails, too. Well, for everything that's going on, right, the Podesta stuff would, would fall into that as well. The Ecuadorian government says that they did cut off his Internet access because they've judged that he is actually working as a conduit with Russia trying to affect an election in the United States. And they're like, no, you can't do that on our time and on our dime. So they cut him off. What they're what they're denying is that they acquiesced to a request from John Kerry to cut them off. So really the denial is kind of weird. What they're saying is, yes, we cut him off, but as a sovereign government who doesn't believe that he should be doing that to another sovereign government, what they're denying is they cut him off because... The U.S. pressured him to do it. So it doesn't really matter. They cut him off. And the reason they cut him off is because he was, they felt, trying to affect the election of another sovereign nation. My question is, what is Assange's end game here? What is he? I mean, obviously, he probably wants asylum from the U.S. Well, this but- is something Republicans need to understand, because you, you're a fool. If you think for a second they were able to crack into all these Democrat emails, but they just can't get into the Republican stuff. Rubio brought that up. He said it could be us next time. Well, beyond that, you say, what does Assange want? What is his endgame? I think that Assange believes that if he can help Donald Trump get elected, 
Donald Trump is more likely to turn the other way if he leaves the Ecuadorian embassy. I think that he's hoping for a quid pro quo. I can't say that he can expect it. I can't say that about Donald Trump. But the end game, and Sean Hannity and a lot of Republicans are being used by this Assange, who's a really terrible person. The end game, I think, is to curry favor with Trump, help him get elected, and then hope that uh, he drops the extradition request on Assange for what happened with the Manning stuff. All right, when we return, as we do now every week, Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg with Ginsburg's Game Day Picks. The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. Of course, that music is playing because every week as the NFL games get going, we have Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg with us. Thank you. you, you Hello. Let me remind people that uh, you had this to say about Colin Kaepernick not too long ago. Would I arrest them for doing it? No. I think it's dumb and disrespectful. Uh, the same, I would have the same answer if you asked me about flag burning. So when you made those comments about Colin Kaepernick and his kneeling during the <laughs> Star Spangled Banner... <laughs> We, we never realized that you followed the NFL, and Love it. Love it. now, so, <laughs> every week now, we have Ginsburg's game day picks, so what are your picks? I did apologize for that. It wasn't very nice for me to say. No, it wasn't. But we'll start with the but Ohio... But you got this gig out of it. Mm, it's true. The Ohio Bowl, this feeds Cleveland, which is undefeated, which is, hasn't won a game yet, not undefeated. Yeah. Versus the exact Cincinnati opposite. They haven't won a game. Cincinnati Bengals. I'm picking the Bengals, 28-14. Okay. <laughs> Particular reason? Just because Cleveland's terrible. What do you think of What do you think of Perfect? He, he seems to be kind of a dirty player for the Bengals. Dirty player. Looks. I. I don't. I want Josh Gordon. I want back in the NFL. Okay. All right. And, so and it's, I'm not. Gonna, you have a wide tolerance for that if people can play well. Look, as long as he's good, I, what he does off 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 the, off the um, you know. <laughs> You're not making it. And he's <laughs> let's move to it. So let's get your next game. The New pick. York Giants face the Los Angeles Rams at Twickenham Stadium in London. Oh, they're doing these London games. They'll be like nine thirty in the morning. Yeah, I'm not getting up at nine thirty to watch football. It's, I'm just not going to do it. What time do you? <laughs> what time do you usually? Wake up on the Sunday, Sunday mornings. I get up around 10, 30, 11. <laughs> you can catch the last half of the game, perhaps. We have, have some breakfast, some grapefruit, and some coffee black. <laughs> then I, you know, go to the bathroom. Uh, Giants 17 to the Rams 13. Atlanta looks to rebound after a controversial loss to Seattle. What did you think, Ruth Bader Ginsburg? Did you think that was a Richard Sherman? Really did. It was either holding, which would have been a you know, you would have would have been bad. Yeah, but it was it was defensive pass interference, and so. the Atlanta Falcons were robbed. Okay, so you think they to get back on it? At San Diego, deceptively good. I expect two touchdowns from Melvin Gordon, but in the end, the Falcons prevail, thirty-five twenty-four. And lastly, Buffalo thirty-five, Miami sixteen. Just because. Just because. <laughs> Thank you, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, with your Ginsburg's Game Day Picks. What's coming up next, Jared? I'm at a loss. Get outrage. Oh, there's still outrages. English Nick, Outrage Corner, when we return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC, and in this Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, 
All that great in-depth news coverage you're used to, plus $130 in coupon savings. That is exactly why we say if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. These are my doctrinaires, Tim, Jared, Autumn, and it is now time for this. Outrage Corner. That's outrageous. With English Nick. You see, Nick, I didn't want you to think I didn't say your name there. I left you out because I knew no. the imager was going to introduce you. We've worked together long enough. I knew that's what was going on. Had I been Greg Russ, yes, I probably would have got offended there. You'd be pouting by now yeah. and not able to do your segment. Oh, now it's my time to talk. But okay. it's your, you're a pro, and I know that you're not like that. So what are the outrages? Uh, I hope we haven't run out. Certainly, I hope there are no. stories out there no. of outrage in this country and beyond. Lots pertaining to Donald Trump, things to do with him. But we'll I know. There are so many Donald Trump yes. stories. It's very difficult to parse them out throughout the three hours enough not to, you know. You got a whole segment called the Donald Trump outrage. Let me just say. That uh, there are Donald Trump stories we are not going to get to because there are just too many of them out there. But hit me with something, an outrage that has nothing to do with Donald Trump. Not only is his outrage local, Eric, it's also about the other side of the equation. DNC bus dumps raw sewage in Gwinnett <laughs> Tuesday morning. <laughs> and there's a picture of the bus. I, I saw the picture. Picture of the battle bus. Uh, and then it zones, there's a close up underneath where the waste comes out and there's a big old pool of you know what. You know what? Metaphorically, it's, it's apt because right, at, I think on the same day, uh, a lot of places that map the electoral map around the country, it was the same day that they they moved Georgia to like almost like neutral or slightly like pink, no. slightly leaning Democrat, maybe, which would be astonishing. I think uh, Bill Clinton, the first time he run, he ran, if I do use my grammar properly, would be the last Democrat to win the state of Georgia. I think that's true. I can be. No, you're fact, right. No, thank you very much. Very I mean, much. You're, you're welcome. You're a good fact checker. There right? was, uh, I guess, a store employee in O'Reilly Auto Parts said he watched the RV affiliated with the DNC <laughs> stop at the turn lane of Grayson Highway in front of the store. The employee says he watched someone get out of the bus and open the sewage drain. So they did it on purpose. It wasn't a mistake. Were, yeah. so, I, so I thought some, I thought there was a latch inside of there. Somebody accidentally hit it. Oops. And then, but you have to get out of the bus, open it up, and drain it out. And they've. They figured that uh, they, they might as well go ahead and do it there. Man, the environmental party at its finest right yeah, there. Absolutely. Bill Clinton did win in 92, by the way. Uh, thank you for the fact check. I appreciate it. But yeah. I, had, I had Bill Clinton right here telling me. I know you're millennial and all that, but you don't know who I am very much. But listen, I know what I'm talking about. So that's 92. That's a good long time since. And, and back then, it's hard to believe because he's such a liberal icon now. But back then, Bill Clinton was sort of seen as a bit of a centrist and kind of in the uh, Zell Miller type of Democrat. So it's been a long time since somebody perceived as liberal as Hillary certainly had a chance to win the state. Now, I don't think it'll happen, but the fact that they even have to worry about it shows you that there's some trouble with Trump's footprint right now. So, but outside of that, this, uh, so what, what, what came of this? Did the, did the Democrat Party acknowledge that they dropped poo all over our highways and did somebody clean it up or... Are you allowed to do this? I don't. I don't do RVs. I thought basically you'd wait to the end of the day and you get to the RV park and there's a place to take care of this. Maybe there was just too much Hillary poop on board. Uh, <laughs> a DNC spokesperson said uh, to Channel Two News, "This was an honest mistake, and we apologize to the Lawrenceville community for any harm we may have caused." Apology not accepted. We were unaware of any possible violations. How are you unaware of that? You can't just dump it in the middle of you a highway. They went out there in Lawrenceville. They're like, "We're not going to win Lawrenceville." Drain. I thought, I mean, "Where else do you dump it?" I believe there are RV Into parks. Into a septic tank. Yeah, there are there are places you don't just. If every RV person just said, "Hey, we're full, pull over," <laughs> could you like, imagine Atlanta Motor Speedway if that were the case yeah. after a race? Oh my goodness! 
it would be a lot like before the race. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so as it stands, nobody got fined or anything. No, or, no, they explained it away. I, I think guess. it's disgusting. I worry about Hazmat this. had to come and clean it up, which I thought, how did they do that? Well, they got the big sits on. They got the big Dustin Hoffman. I know, sits but how on. do you like sift through what's already in the storm drain versus what's been? No, done I think there? it must have must have not all gone into the drain, yeah, right? So they got on the, on the street itself. Yeah, on yeah. the street, they they did, it that, did a poor job. Yeah, they did a poor job. I, I don't, I don't. These RV people. You know what? Keep it to yourself until you get home. Uh, I, think and then, most, I think most of them probably do. I would imagine. I'm going to tell boards don't. about this. Where is all this stuff actually kept? Is it somebody once told me this, like the back uh, bumper or something, where there's an awful lot tank. of this waste? Yes, there's a tank. There's a, tank. There's a bladder yeah. back there, and there's you can't bladder. Gotta, the bladder. You got to get off this RV talk because you're losing listeners. Well, no. Look, We've they got understand. A lot of RV. Don't upset the RV. Eric people. Von Hessler does not pander to his audience. <laughs> if I've got you, something to say about RVs, I'm going to say it. I'm going to. That's what the Von Hessler doctrine is known for. Do you remember the last, the last celebrity who got in trouble for this? Remember the Dave Matthews story where his bus, his tour bus, dumped it into some river you somewhere know what? over a Demo- bridge. Yeah. yeah, all these Democrats <laughs> who are always talking about the environment right. are literally, you know, going on the rest of us dave matthews it's outrageous dave matthews i can't stand anyway so i don't really have much to say oh jared loves dave matthews. i don't like dave matthews at all actually uh, I, their fans there are, are the hold worst hold on hold on their fans see, are the worst i can see by your face that you have liked a girl or two who like dave matthews. i have gone to two dave matthews concerts and i did not enjoy them i've been but, to like seven okay but did thank you, you tim thank did you, you get what you wanted out of the two that you went to uh, no comment because <laughs> okay. he didn't go to the second one if he didn't get what he wanted out of the first one so you can be dragged by a pretty girl to an awful show dave matthews doesn't sound enough like an emergency for jared to like it that's the kind of music he likes oh he, he mostly likes uh that electronic crap that's what i'm saying that <laughs> Yeah, some of the EDM shows are great. Trap shows are great. Hip hop's great. I mean, you're the hip hop count, uh, hip hop capital of the world. Whoop de doo. Country music's big here. Trap in the city. Is, is rappers mumbling. Oh yes, yeah, so, I, I like to say. And country music is big. That's right. You like trap, hip hop, and country. You are such a liar. You are such it's a liar. True. If she's pretty and she wants me to go, I'll pretend I like it. That's Jared Yamamoto's record collection, Jared, right there. Come to me with to this Indigo Girls concert. <laughs> I would not go to an Indigo Girls. Oh concert. yes, you would. <laughs> you can be dragged around by your nose. Whatever that means. Next story. <laughs> All right, great segue, Jared, with the rap talk, because we're going to talk about rapper Lil Wayne right now. Recently, there was some outrage because uh, Lil Wayne said he didn't know what racism was. It had never been part of his life. Yeah, he was on some, uh, I don't know, if ESPN or Fox Sports 1. He was on Undisputed uh, with Skip yeah. Bayless, and he said, God knows I have been nothing but blessed. My whole path, these 33 years, have been nothing but a blessing. I, I have never... And never is a strong word, but never dealt with racism, and I'm glad I didn't have to. So he's not throwing in with Black Lives Matter. No, he's not, and he's getting a lot of uh, uh, backlash for it, yeah, because yeah. you can't have people who have the same color with different opinions. You right. understand this, right? People of different colors all have to have the same opinions. <laughs> so the idea that uh, I could look at somebody with the same color skin as me, and that person would disagree with me, is completely unacceptable. So he's getting all of this backlash, because his life is different. And by the way, this is the way race is. If you go deeper into this... Apparently, when he was 12 years old, he was shot, and a bunch of black cops stepped over his body, and a white cop said, what is wrong with you people? There's a child here. Picked him up, saved him, and became friends with him over the years. Now, that's the point is, all of our views about race are pretty much anecdotal. They have to do with how you're raised, yes, but your own personal experiences. Because Lil Wayne is out there saying he's never dealt with racism, Mm -hmm. 
That doesn't mean, and it doesn't mean that he's saying that racism doesn't exist. He's just one story. His story is he felt like his life was saved by a white man when black cops were walking over him like he didn't matter. Most of our ideas about racial relations are anecdotal. What are our lives? What are our experiences with people? We all have to understand that that doesn't necessarily relate to the rest of the world or everything that's going on. But what we do need to encourage more of is people with the same color skin having different opinions about things and that being all right. I mean, somebody told me the other day, I can't remember who it was. Basically, somebody wrote a, a, a column saying, well, this black guy isn't really a black guy. I can't remember who it was because he's conservative Ugh. or he's he come up with a different idea. And that's but what, why are you about Sheriff Clark? Maybe I don't know. But why are you segregating yourself? You want lots of people with the same color skin with lots of different ideas. That's how you know things are going well. When you know things are going wrong, even if everybody agrees with you, is when you look around and realize everybody agrees with you. That's the first moment where you should go, uh-oh, maybe something's wrong here. There should be people disagreeing with me right now. And I just can't stand this idea of, with Black Lives Matter, that any black person that disagrees with them suddenly loses their skin color. Mm -hmm. It's an absurdity. So yeah, it's, like, it's like a Clarence Thomas, second black Supreme Court member. There's only been, uh, well, are we now? It's just two. Two, two, two black members of the Supreme Court. First one, Thurgood Marshall. Second one, Clarence Thomas. First one, liberal icon, deservedly so. Thurgood Marshall, great man. Second one, Clarence Thomas turns out to be a Republican and a conservative. So they just opened a uh, African American museum. Is it in Washington D.C.? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Big thing, big opening, whatever. Huge area on Thurgood Marshall. Almost nothing on Clarence Thomas. <laughs> Shut up. But a whole lot on Anita Hill, <laughs> who said that Clarence Thomas once sexually harassed her. So if you go to the African American Museum, you're not really seeing stories about people with the same color skin. You're seeing stories about heroes of the liberal movement. Because as far as that museum is concerned, and as far as Black Lives Matter is concerned, you're not black just because your skin color is black. You're only black if you think like us. And that's as dangerous as anything that has offended you that Donald Trump has ever said. Probably more dangerous. Next story. Real quick side uh, on the Lil Wayne thing. Yes. He'd accidentally shot himself in the chest when he was 12. And the cop that only noticed him, the cop took him took him to hospital by himself yeah. and walked him into the hospital. Exactly. So, yeah. And his his memory of it was there were plenty of black cops yeah. in the room at the same stepping time. Over him. Stepping over him. and not. But you have to remember, when it comes to, and I'll say it again, because not enough people recognize this, our, no matter what your worldview of race is, it's quite often anecdotal. Was somebody nice to you? Was somebody mean to you? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can, this how also the way people deal with uh, the sexes between men and women. A lot of it anecdotal. How were you treated by the other sex at different ages? If you were treated wonderfully, you're probably going to have a good worldview of the, uh, the opposite sex. If at some point in your life you were treated horribly by the opposite sex, it's probably going to color the way that you see the world. But it's all anecdotal, and we all have to understand that our experience doesn't necessarily match everyone else's, and we have to open ourselves up to the experiences of others. More outrage when we return. Welcome back. Von Hessler Doctrine. 
I'm Eric Von Hessler. English Nick is in the middle of Outrage Corner, so hit me with another Outrage, sir. All right, Amy Schumer, that extremely successful uh, female comedian, was yes, doing this amazing. show. Am I wrong about this? I'm sorry to jump no, in here. Okay. But am I, I, did she sell out Phillips Arena? Yes. She did, yes. What kind of comedian? I don't care. I mean, I'd be honest with you. She doesn't do much for me, but even the best comedians, I would say are not good enough to reach the 20,000th person. Or how would it be in Phillips? 15,000 people. Dane, Dane Cook did it a few years ago. Oh, that, he's not special, a, but he's, I don't think he's that great. He's not and a comedian. Kevin Hart did it, too. He sold out Phillips Arena recently. I saw a, uh, a commercial for the Kevin Hart movie, and he looks like he's in front of a crowd of about 70,000 people. Now, how can comedy... Comedy, you can't turn up the amps and just go crazy for people. I mean, I just don't think that comedy works... Right now, to me, the best comedian that's out there working is Louis C.K. He played the Fox when yeah, he came through. I didn't go see that, but I would go see that, or I'd see him at the Tabernacle, well, or I'd see him in a club. If somebody's tried to give me free tickets to see Louis C.K. at Phillips Arena, I'd turn him down. It's just not a, a... I just don't think the medium of comedy, it needs sort of a nice, comfortable room. Just a, sort of a, yeah, uh, done it, an it, intimate, it, an intimate setting. They've done it at Lakewood a couple years in a row. Oh, what are you, on the lawn? I know. They, they canceled it this year. They canceled it this year because they didn't sell enough tickets. It's, it's too hot. I've been to that show. Yeah. It's too hot, and it's... It's, the, the crowd's too big. It's too big, and, yeah. and, it, it's, it, and, and if the, it's not, like I said, you can't just turn up the amps and play guitars. It's conversational, which gets other people talking, and if the crowd's too big, at some point, you're just going to lose them from the stage. But anyway... She was in front of one of these big crowds. She lost them for a different reason in Tampa. She started going off on Trump saying uh, he's an orange, sexual assaulting, fake collage, uh, fake college starting monster. Oh, yes. And so they started By the way, it's a good, good, good joke. You know, yeah. When you're calling somebody a monster, you're usually being very tongue-in-cheek. They started, you. They started booing her. <laughs> Amy Schumer. Yeah. <laughs> what, what are you thinking? Don't you? What, what about the Trump fans who bought tickets to see you? Well, I just don't care about them, obviously. So you're smarter than unless they are. They're hot, you guys. You know, right? Like, unless they're hot. Yeah, I don't get her act. Her act. That's funny. Her act is I'm normal looking, but I'm sexy. I'm uh, I'm prim and proper, but. Uh, I'll I'll go to bed with anybody. Uh, yeah, that thank yeah, you. right. Is that thank basically you. it? Yeah, it's really funny. I'm just like really popular, and people so. laugh at that. Pig. Yeah, uh, thank Trump. you, thank you sorry. so much. Thank no, you. No, I'm not sorry. You're a pig. Oh, so Trump is not a fan anyway. Isn't she hey, related? Pigs to- are really smart. Did you know that? That What's like the- pigs are really smart. I did not know that. Does you have a bit on that of some kind? Just that pigs are just like really smart. So. <laughs> okay, she just she's related to She's what you would call an observational comedian. Yeah, sure. thank you, thank you so much. Regular you know, Seinfeld. It's, it's a, it's a real journey, and uh, yeah. I'm so proud of myself. It must be difficult to be so much smarter than your audience, though. It is, you know, but you just like take it one day at a time and try every, and relate. Every so. once in a while, just shove it right in their face. Sure, why not? All right. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thanks for having me on your show. It's a real treat. You were about as funny here as I've ever seen you be anywhere. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much. (laughs) There's that fake kindness. We started with headlines. Even more headlines when we get back. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 3 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm surrounded by my doctrinaires. Don't get too freaked out about this. But we started with headlines. That was in our first hour. 
We moved on to the second hour to even more headlines, and Hiss is going to freak you out, so sit down. It's now time for... Even more headlines. That's right. We're up in the ante. More headlines than you can shake a stick at this three hours on this Sunday afternoon chat show. (laughs) The handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto, by the way, wearing flip-flops this afternoon. It's a weird thing. I judge him, but I can't put it into words. (laughs) Or, Or at least I can't on radio. Jared Yamamoto... Hit me with even more headlines. Well, in a nasty campaign cycle, it's nice to see some good news here. Uh, a group sure would be nice. This has been a nasty. Are you the one? You just I didn't notice that. This has been a particularly nasty campaign, has it not? Yes, it has. And so, what you're promising me is in this story, when we've ratcheted things up from headlines, more headlines, to even more headlines, you're going to put a dollop of ice cream on top and promise me that in this nasty election cycle you have a good story something that's going to make me feel good inside well i hope to not let you down with it because a group of oh i hope you don't let me down as well jared because you're fired if you do so (laughs) i don't want to put too much pressure pressure on you but go ahead a group of north carolina democrats raised thirteen thousand dollars to reopen a firebombed gop headquarters in hillsborough north carolina now this is the place that was firebombed it was a campaign headquarters of trump well, where is it again? Hillsboro? Hillsboro, North Carolina. And by the way, well, first of all, you're not fired. That is a good story. It is. It's nice to see that there are Democrats. What, they start like a GoFundMe page or they something? They did. Okay. And basically, they came to the conclusion that if we're going to have real elections in this country, you have to have two sides. You can't just have one football team who shows up on the field and declare them the winner. You have to have two sides. You need a competition. Nice to see that the Democrats wanted to raise money to reopen uh, the Republican Campaign headquarters after it was firebombed. And North Carolina is a huge swing state, But let's not forget. Let's not forget again. This is a story that we've kind of heard about. We're political junkies. We're we're news junkies. Well, not autumn isn't, but we're we're really into current events. What are we talking about? (laughs) Autumn, if it's not a reality show, she doesn't know from it. But for the rest of us, we're 24-hour news cycle fiends. And so we all know that this firebombing took place. Uh, The general public may have seen a headline here or there. Again, you can't prove a negative, but my, oh my, if Hillary Clinton's campaign office anywhere, by the way, mind you, first potential female president in the history of this country, if one of her campaign offices had been firebombed, am I wrong? That would not only be the biggest story, but it would, it would tell us so much about ourselves and the Trump people. You know what I mean? The story would just be huge. Absolutely. If it would be about hate. Nobody talks about hate when a Republican campaign headquarters is firebombed. But you want to know why? Because in reality, although the editorial people in news organizations all over this country won't tell you this, they kind of, they're kind of, they kind of think it's okay because of what Trump stands for. The way that you look at these things, you know, we saw some of this stuff from WikiLeaks where, and Donald Trump mentioned this during the debate, that uh, we're, we're seeing that, oh, not WikiLeaks, this is the Project Veritas. Mm. That's right. Where uh, these people are admitting that the Democrats basically showed up at Trump rallies to start trouble, basically to get you to punch them. And this is all laid out there by, by these people. And... That it's, it's hardly a story. Now, the fact is that Veritas, that project, has some trouble in the past with selective editing. And we have to go through that process and make sure that didn't happen. But it's worth going through. 
And if there was any tapes like this uh, with the other side, people saying that they're sending goons to Hillary Clinton, <laughs> mind you, potentially the first female president in our history to start fights, it would be a huge story. The problem is... I'm starting to sound like Trump, which means I'm whining about it. It's like something we already know. But it is a double standard. It, you know that if one Hillary Clinton campaign office was firebombed, that would be the biggest story in the country, and it would be all the self-righteous people would be on their high horse telling us again what a horrible bunch of people we are in this country. But if it happens to a Republican, it's just another story. Well, and just the, desserts. And yep. the goons on there, they wrote, Nazi Republicans leave town or else. And to your point, Eric, I mean, imagine if they had said, like, Nazi oh, Hillary yeah. leave town. I mean, it would have been all no, over the place. Tim hit it. If it would have happened to a Democrat, if it would have happened to Hillary Clinton, any campaign headquarters anywhere in this country, H-A-T-E would be the headline. It would be about hate, and it would be one of those, you know, it's the most annoying thing in the world these days, teachable moments where <laughs> yeah. the people on their high horse have to tell us how terrible we are. But uh, a Trump campaign headquarters gets firebombed, just another story. So I think it is nice, and you're not fired. There are some Democrats that uh, have their heads uh, screwed on right. So go ahead. <laughs> There's a side note. Another GOP office in Indiana had two bricks thrown through its window. Ah, just week. another story. Yeah. But luckily, it wasn't yeah. firebombed. You throw, tr you throw bricks through a Democrat headquarters, it says something about the society. You throw a brick right. through These a... people are fed up, Eric. Yeah, it's not yeah. their fault. That's right. And you throw a brick through uh, a Republican campaign headquarters... Well, you know, it's the kind of campaign they've been running anyway. They're, they're the only people who get blamed for violence against them. It's right. amazing. It's their fault when other people are violent against them. Go ahead. Next story. Speaking of violence. And this one better be just as sunny and wonderful. Well, You're it's fired. not. It's the Pentagon says a North Korean nuclear attack will be met with an overwhelming and effective response. As it should. Why Why does this? Is it Kim Jong-un? Kim Jong-un. Yes, Mr. Un. <laughs> that is my name. Kim Jong-un. Un. How has the world allowed this maniac <laughs> to have nuclear weapons? All we're arguing about now is the delivery systems, right? They have the nukes. How does this guy have a nuke? Well, we have scientists. I understand that, but half your I mean most of your people are starving. No, my people are fed very well. The DPRK the People that are working on this are fed really well. Yeah. The DPRK will not kowtow to imperialism. American warlord Obama. <laughs> Is this all about Obama? I don't like him. <laughs> well, he, Kim Jong-un was threatening the British earlier in the week, too, said that if they conduct exercises with the South Koreans... That, that he would take action on the British, too. So it's really him against the world. This is a game that goes on with North Korea all the time, which is they really, they're beggars because they have no economy. So what they do is they get the nukes and stuff, they threaten you, and then you come to a peace deal where they stop threatening you for six weeks and you give them a bunch of grain or something so they can <laughs> feed. Yeah, big bags of grain. Supposedly, again, nobody remembers this, when Bill Clinton became president, one of the, I don't know if it was one of the first things, but it was right there in the, in the 90s, he sent Jimmy Carter over to uh, deal with this dude's father. Kim Jong-il. Yes, Kim Jong-il. <laughs> and came back with peace in our time, Jimmy 
Jimmy Carter went over there, and there was a deal. They were going to disassemble the uh, the nukes. Sound familiar? Iran deal. Exactly the same thing. And in, and we gave them bags bags of grain. <laughs> and it turned out that they never stopped with the nukes because they have to keep threatening us in order to, on the other way, other hand, get help from us. That's their whole thing. It's a giant mafia country. That's and right, yeah. They launder money. The Russians use them as surrogates in their hacking attacks uh, on the United States and the Pentagon. And, and China could shut this down in a minute. And they are the largest producers of meth in the world, well, which most people don't know, but they are. If you live there, you would need it <laughs> to stay somewhat sane. Have you seen those uh, overhead satellite images of, of the Korean Peninsula where you see South Korea? It's so lit up. And it just oh, no, seems you, like- uh, it's at night. Right, yeah. it's no, at it's night. at night, and you, yeah. you, if you look at the peninsula, this, this is unbelievable. So you see South Korea, and it's all lit up with lights, and then you, then North Korea, <laughs> there's like one light bulb <laughs> swinging through a boulevard in Pyongyang. I mean, it's amazing. And when you say, well, capitalism versus communism, it's right there. It's right there. That night satellite pick <laughs> of the Korean Peninsula, capitalism versus communism. You decide. Yes. DPRK no when the satellite flying over so we tell everybody to turn the lights off <laughs> is that what you do Kim yeah, why Jung? doesn't excuse why me why doesn't china stop them i'm sorry why doesn't china stop it china has made the calculated decision they're a good thorn in our side right mm. but i think that they've taken it too far because if i was the president of the united states and relax i never will be but if i was the president of the united states i would cut the Koreans out of this talk altogether. It would just be us and China. And basically what I would say to China is, you know, we're going to retaliate really hard. And they're right on your border. So you have to make this decision. Do you think any longer it's a good idea to have an unstable nuclear power on your border? Because I'm telling you that when we retaliate massively, we're not going to check the winds. And which way the winds are blowing at the border. So I got an idea. We're going to do some quid pro quos. We're going to do some deal making. But we're going to walk out of this room, and you're going to end this nuclear program with uh, with North Korea, or else we're just going to have to go poison the guy and put our own people in there. There's a small humanitarian thing, Eric, about this that China does not want any of those North Koreans in their country. And the South, they don't want any of them either. Right. So how about a little bit of capitalism, some shopping markets? Right, right. And, uh, you know, let's get them so they want to stay. But is it really the people's fault? I mean, it sounds it's like it's the, it's, it's, it's the government. It's, no, it's the North yeah. Korean government. It's the way it always is with communism. It's never the people's fault. Right. It's the fact that the, when you live in a communist country like Cuba or uh, North Korea, you're in jail. You're born in jail. Yeah. You have these masters, and they tell you that you can go outside in the playground for ten minutes, and they tell you you can do this, and they can't. You know, they, it's and and in North Korea, it's a horrible jail where you don't get fed much. <laughs> so no, these people are in jail, but they can't turn it around. I mean, they're all malnourished. They don't have guns. They don't have guns. There's no way to start a revolution whatsoever. So if they tried to do something and they failed, and. You know, oh, yeah. got a nutcase. Well, they've got a nutcase as the leader too. I mean, he's he's proven that. Are if, you if, calling me a nutcase? That if any of if, <laughs> anybody, if, if anybody disagrees with you, Mister Un, they uh, you usually kill them. That's always the case with dictators. Dictators, a great Twilight Zone where Peter Falk plays a uh, Castro-like person who takes over, and it's all about the fact of the paranoia around the dictator. First, it's you and eight or ten other people killing everyone you hate, and then as soon as you win, you have to start killing. 
killing the other people around you because you become paranoid that if you don't kill them, they're going to kill you. And to watch out, the Yamamoto, I'm a coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Kim Jong. <laughs> more, even more headlines when we return. Welcome back. It's the Von Hessler Doctrine. I'm Eric Von Hessler. These are the Doctrinaires. And Jared Yamamoto, my lovely producer in flip flops, is giving us some headlines. Well, here's something to Netflix and chill to right here because they've uh, released a teaser for. Barry, its upcoming film starring Devin <laughs> Terrell as a young Obama long before his days as a politician. All right, let's stop here. So this is a Netflix movie. So they've made this movie, and now they have the teaser. It's called Barry. I have the teaser here. So I think it's just music and words. So I'll read the words. You know, basically, what you're seeing is a young Barack Obama, this actor, uh, kind of doing, walking around different places. This is before he gave hope. Before he created change. Before he made us believe we can. He was Barry. I'm super bad. <laughs> you like my platform shoes and leather jacket? Yeah, you look pretty good there. Uh, thank you. You're uh, a pretty uh, happening dude. I'm going to rock down to Electric Avenue. <laughs> so, And then I'll take you higher. You're going to take us higher after take that. Take you all high. So uh, didn't they, they had another movie that was a major release in theaters recently that was about Barack and Michelle's first date. And man, did it bomb. I mean, I think it came in like fourth or fifth the first weekend, and then it was just gone. It was an hour and a half longer than our date. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know where they saw that there's really a market for this. Now, Netflix is different because it's there forever, and people can just check it out. And uh, obviously, I know it's very difficult for many people here who listen to WSB to understand this, but Barack Obama, still quite popular in this country. Uh, it's almost unheard, at least in my lifetime. I don't remember anybody in their second term this late polling at like 56%. I think it might have something to do with people comparing him to Trump and Hillary. That movie was called uh, Southside With You, and just to show you how bad it flopped, in the first three days, because usually they release it on a Friday or yeah. a Thursday night, it only made $3 million in the opening you weekend. Know Nobody cares for this nonsense. Everybody knows that Hollywood people, and this sounds like... Uh, how do you say that word? Hagiography or hagiography? I think it's hagiography. Uh, Jared, looking at me, I know Jared. He just bounces his head around when he doesn't know any. Do you know what that word means? <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm, I'm trusting hagi you. Hagiography means uh, it's like when you write about saints. So it's a term that's used when you take a normal person and you write about them as if they're a saint. That's what Barry looks like to me is hagiography. I don't think many people are going to care. But it can't really flop on Netflix, right? It's going to be there forever and some Saturday yeah, afternoon. Like, hey, you yeah. want to watch The Office reruns? No. Yeah, let's watch Barry. Watch Barry thing? Okay. Let's watch Barry. <laughs> All right. What's next, Jared Yamamoto? Stories from Studio B1. Oh, we can, we can escape it no longer. My misanthrope buddy when we return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in this Sunday's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll get that great in-depth news coverage you've come to expect, plus $130 in coupons. My friend Autumn taught me to say coupons, not coupons. Coupons. $130 in coupons. 
That's why we say, if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday HAC. And at this time every Sunday, I say, we can avoid it no more. It's time for my misanthrope buddy from New York City. He's a misanthrope, he has a dark heart, and he needs a good psychiatrist. New York, New York. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B1. Well, hello, Gregory. Oh, you're being nice now. I felt some animosity earlier. No, not at all, not at all. No animosity whatsoever. Did I ever tell you, I may have brought this up before, that my program director here, the great Pete Spriggs, who single-handedly saved my radio career. I love him. Uh, but one time he told me that, uh, I'm always referring to you as my misanthrope buddy. I say it, they say it in the imager there. Uh, apparently a lot of people here at WSB did not know what the word misanthrope meant, which made me think maybe a lot of people listening don't know what misanthrope means. And Pete was like, you know, maybe you don't want to use that word because people don't know what it means. And I said, Pete, let me tell you something about the Von Hessler Doctrine. We kneel to nobody. If you don't know what misanthrope means, guess what? That's on you. Get a dictionary and find out. But, or you can just listen to this dude for the next 15 minutes, and you'll know what misanthrope means. Greg, give me some stories from Studio B1. Uh, I, 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 Did I catch you by surprise? The second's no, no, been no, going no, on for three got, minutes. No, you got in my head because you said once, every time I go into a story, I say, all right. And then I was about to say, yeah. all right. And I was like, I, no. It's okay. The great Ronald Reagan started every line with, uh, well... And he did all right, so you'll do I all right. Want, I want to stop that. Well, you work on that. Well, I did. It just so happened that uh, you I failed in the, again in, in the <laughs> middle failed. of your show. I decided to work on it. A statue of naked Hillary Clinton uh, <laughs> appeared downtown in New York. So uh, this was put out. She was topless. She had hooves. It was outside of a subway station. And eventually, some people, you know, got angry. There's a particularly uh, this one woman didn't like the statue, resented it being there, and then ripped it apart. And like, didn't want anybody else to take pictures of it. Now, I remember a similar story about Donald Trump. It wasn't just in one city, right? A new Donald Trump statues were showing up all over the place, and it was some artist that hated Donald Trump, and everybody treated it like it was the most wonderful thing in the world. Well, the, God there was, forbid there's another side, right? So this, I'm it, sure, is misogyny and horror and an awful thing to have a nude Hillary Clinton statue, right? I, I want to say that the Trump one... <laughs> The Trump one appeared, I think it was one in San Francisco also, but it appeared in New York uh, in Union Square. And then the New York City Parks Department released a statement that says NYC Park stands firmly against any unpermitted erection in city parks, no matter how small. And it's pretty funny. uh, So not only they're able to laugh about it and joke, but if uh, God forbid there be an artist out there who doesn't dig Hillary, if he does it, I'm sure it's a sign of not only how bad that artist is, but that it was we. As a society, and probably mostly me, because I live in the suburbs, of the horrible way that we look at the world. And I'm sure that that's the way it's being portrayed. Just an awful misogynist thing. It was probably uh, made with Chinese steel. If, if Mr. Trump no. made it, it probably was. I didn't make it. <laughs> the hashtag Naked Trump has over 3,000 posts on Instagram. And people love it. Probably, You know, it's, it's tomfoolery having to do with the campaign, and it's... Uh, it's, it's right, they're all make, they've got memes in front of it. They're all posing. They're smiling. Yeah. There's they're some girls I'm looking through right now grabbing his, you know what? And I mean, I don't know such what. A, such a double standard. I don't know what kind of life you lead, but I don't know what. <laughs> well, yeah, his private parts. There you go. His <laughs> private parts. But it is kind of funny. There's, there's, there's definitely a double standard to this story. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. but if, if the Trump statue were put up, and a conservative city, 
do you not think the people there would react the same way the people here reacted to the Hillary? I think it's ridiculous too. No, I, I think the statue of Hillary was pretty funny, but it's funny. It's either, it's kind of funny shenanigans that go on with with politics. But we've had always men, so we haven't had this thing, this double standard where if you do it to one, it's funny. If you do it to the other, it's uh, misogyny and uh, and uh, uh, another example of rape culture. Yes, Jerry. Yeah, the hashtag Naked Hillary. On the other hand, we said it was over a thousand for Trump. It's less than a hundred for Naked Hillary, no! and they're all like they're all mad. But it was in one. It was only in one. Right. That's, that's fair. Right. That's yeah. fair. But still, though, you it, know what's fair? Anybody who hashtags naked any candidate needs to get a life because <laughs> <laughs> it's not that funny. I'm sorry, it's not that funny. So this is uh, the the world is safe. This the statue has been removed, and oh, it's been uh, ripped apart. It wasn't removed. It was it was just ripped to shreds. Well, it's in New York it City, was, so I, I would expect just, that. it was destroyed by one woman who just kicked it over and started ripping it apart. Then other people joined in. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. Tearing into a naked Hillary statue. Who has that much time to make a uh, statue of a political candidate? Well, because it's if you're an artist, you like that sort of street theater, and you know, the, found art. Yeah, and also art is so corrupt now that basically artists have convinced themselves that if they can get any sort of reaction out of you, that legitimizes their art, which is baloney. Art is actually good because you look at it and there's some sort of harmony there and it resonates with you in some way. It's not art just because you get a reaction. So this yeah, artist, I'm just, I'm just going to make art with my P, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Because it'll it'll make a reaction, give you a yeah. reaction. And right, exactly. There's that, and there's a, there's a lot of that going on. And uh, so this artist, th- this artist probably, <laughs> <laughs> this artist probably felt that it was great. That was the fact that people tore it apart was part of the art. Right. I'm sounding like a Dr. Seuss book. So give me another story. All right, let's stay on presidents. Current president Barack Obama. He lists his. I said all right again. Uh, he lists his favorite, right. <laughs> his eight favorite sci-fi films and TV series that's been released. I've been wondering this since he was elected. Yes. I, I, what are his top eight <laughs> favorite sci-fi films and, and TV? If series? you're like me, Greg, not ten, not seven. Eight. I always want to know, what were his eight top sci-fi films or TV shows? You want to run through them? I'd love to run through them. This is, this is the end of the presidency where we get all of this sort of exit interview, who gives a damn legacy. Uh, what are his favorites? I don't think this is in any particular order, but it's 2001 A Space Odyssey, Blade Runner, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Star Wars, Star Trek, the original series, The Martian, oh, The Martian, Ooh. The Matrix, and Cosmos, A Personal Voyage. I hate the I hated the cosmos thing. Go, go ahead. I gotta say that uh, the Martian, uh, <laughs> what it really is, is an allegory for Earth, and how important it is that uh, we take care of Mother. Well, you Earth. saw it as a climate change sort of story. Uh, climate change, uh, pollution, yeah, <laughs> uh, being able to terraform a barren, wasted planet, uh, somehow doing it before China. Have I told you guys my favorite current science fiction TV show? No, Pitch. On Fox, where the girl that, that's not ma- about she makes it, she makes it, yeah she makes it to the major leagues. <laughs> She's a female pitcher in the major leagues. <laughs> to me, that's the best science fiction programming on television today. Because let me tell you something, America, and you can call WSB and you can send your cards and letters. Listen up, get close to your radio box, gather the family around. A girl making it to the major leagues in baseball—that will never happen. You know what? That will never come close to happening. That you don't think a pitch will never happen. Let's say uh, American League, no need to bat. 
just pitching. You don't think that could happen? No, it can't happen. Look, these guys, most of these guys who everyone is sure is going to the Hall of Fame these days, they have like three Tommy John surgeries. Throughout Eric, their, men can barely keep it up. Yes. Eric, this is Caitlin. I got to tell you, Caitlin Jenner, <laughs> we're wondering, listen, what if there's a person who was born a male but has drafted a woman in his body, okay? Maybe. Maybe during the minor leagues, he says, I'm really a woman. Well... If he makes it, she makes it, but she's the first You're woman. Confusing yourself. That's the first woman. And Let I, me you... say, a trans could possibly make it happen. I will agree with you, Caitlyn Jenner. You're always making such good points. I know. <laughs> I I agree with you, but no girl who was born a girl will ever make it to the major leagues as a pitcher. I'm sorry. I do think that send if your cards and letters. Sport. Yes. If there's any sport that it would happen, it would be baseball. Yeah, these guys, I, I baseball agree with players these guys are throwing their arms out all Look, the time. I, I understand what you're saying. Remember but it's not Chris Medlin? Strength. What? It's not necessarily strength. You know, basketball, there's a physical aspect to it. Football, any other sport, there's some kind of contact. I'm just saying if there's one sport that could happen, it would be baseball. Well, remember Man. in baseball, too, the way the American League works with the designated hitter, you don't necessarily have to make your designated hitter the pitcher. So. Defensively, you could probably a girl could probably play out in the outfield. You see what you're saying is you got to change everything you're doing to cover the fact that you have a girl. <laughs> well, have you seen who's going to do that? But hold when, on. When, when, there's always going to be a guy right next to her. I'll draft that guy. That's Eric, what's going to I've, happen. I've seen a movie where a dog plays baseball. <laughs> yeah, <I'm> pretty sure. <laughs> well, yeah, sure. which one is that? One of the Bud movies, oh, not Air Bud. Yeah, Air Bud. Bud, Bud goes to baseball. Well, and like, there are pitchers like Madison Bumgarner who I'd want to have hitting. I mean, that, that, I think there'd be some scenarios where where it could work. But again, though, they would it would be against. Did you hear the, the Von Hessler doctrine on this one? <laughs> and I encourage everyone who hates what I said to send their cards and letters to WSB care of program director Pete Sprigg and let him know that Eric Von Hessler said this is science fiction. No girl will ever make it to the major leagues in baseball as a pitcher. Does that Sorry, mean it was called it was called Airbud seventh <laughs> innings? Yeah, yeah. I was I looked that up too. Seventh inning catch. Oh. Well, look, if a dog could do it, I, I I've been turned around now. I've been turned it's around. It's not in the rule book. Check the rule book, Eric. It's not there, so it's allowed. All right. Is it the same yes. Bud? Is it the same Bud from Airbud who played basketball in 1996? Yes. And then 2002. Well, in Air reality, baseball. He's like Bo Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Deion Sanders. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, it's the same one as far as the story goes, but uh, weren't there like 15 lassies or something like that? There I mean, these things that, you know, they, they, the Hollywood life for a dog will like, eat you up fast. Next story from Studio <laughs> B1. Well, I mentioned The Martian. and Hey, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Wait. Can I, can I say, one time I was walking down Hollywood Boulevard, and I saw a star. You know, they have the stars for the different people on Hollywood Boulevard. Benji had one. Now, Jared, you don't remember Benji because you're no a millennial idea. and anything that happened before you were born doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm Googling now. But Benji, B-E-N-J-I, was a, uh, a Hollywood dog, had a lot of movies. Benji the dog. And Benji had his own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. And I thought to myself, like if Clark Gable was alive and saw that. He would think the whole thing was delegitimized. <laughs> what's like, star I, was what's closest? A, I don't. I can't remember what it was right, but it was out there, not too far from the theater. He did that a movie with Chevy. Done. He did a movie with Chevy Chase. Come on, that was Heavenly Dog. Benji was in that. Yeah. Well, then he deserves that star. But wouldn't you think <laughs> someone like Jimmy Stewart would be walking down the street going, "What? What in the what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> They'd give it to a dog? <laughs> Anyone? Anyone can get one of these. All right. We have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them when we return. Our new sponsor.
The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. The Von Hessler Doctrine. Here we are at the end of another great Sunday outing. And just as he does every week for the Von Hessler Doctrine, Paul Stanley from the rock group KISS tells us what we learned today. Thanks for having me on the show again, Eric. You're welcome. You're welcome. We learned an awful lot of things today. Real quick, I'll run them down, all right? Sure. Quickly. Lindsay Lohan stole Paris Hilton's dress, and I don't know when she's going to give it back. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, they still don't like each other. You know, I thought they were good friends. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Hey, the polls are saying Hillary Clinton won the debate, but I don't think so. (laughs) You think Donald Trump won? Oh, Trump hands down. Besides, who cares what the polls think? What does Gene think? Gene Gene agrees with me. Because really, you know, Gene... well, no, Gene, I thought Gene liked Trump first, and you went along with him, but maybe it was the other way around. No, I've always liked Donald Trump. Okay, okay. I'm the businessman. <laughs> Gene's the rock star? Gene pretends to be, but oh. Gene's the rocker, you know? You're the mind behind... I'm the mind behind whatever Gene does. I was like, hey, why don't you do a reality show with your wife, or whatever? <laughs> that was your idea? That was my idea. You're brilliant. I'm, I'm a genius. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know what? I'm the general of the KISS Army. Which is a football team now, as I understand. Yes, that's right. We do have an Arena League team, and it's uh, it's doing really great. What else did we learn today? We learned that Ken Bone, you know, the guy with the red sweater. Yeah, the second presidential debate. the creepy mustache. Mm -hmm. I knew he was dirty. When I saw that mustache, I said, Ken Bone's a dirty boy. But I like him. (laughs) What what did we learn about Ken Bone? Ken Bone likes to put the X in sex. Uh, He he watches pornography and uh, comments on it, I guess. He likes to go on the Reddit, you know... You know, Ken Bone 69, that's his name. <laughs> and uh, he comments on the things. He, you know, talks to pregnant ladies who put the pictures out there. And he, He's got his fetishes. And also, Amy Schumer isn't funny. I never thought so. Peter Chris loves it. That's why he's not in Kith. Well, thank you, Paul Stanley, for telling us what we learned this week. That music tells me we're done for this week. See you next week. So let me tell everyone listening that uh, this show, 12 noon to 3 p.m. every Sunday, the Von Hessler Doctrine, what you want to do if you haven't done it yet... This is the idiot test. Are you an idiot? If you haven't done it yet, don't be an idiot. Download the WSB radio app. you got a million things on there. You can listen to the station anytime you want to. But also, we do three podcasts a week that are only available on the WSB radio app. Is there anything else I have to let people know before we go, Jared Yamamoto? It's kind of nice. we got a little lull before the election. Oh, okay. Is that what you want me to tell? we have a free week here. One more week or so of all-out electioneering, and then it's the home stretch. Hey, you never know with the pig farmer, though. He might, he's got to call us up on a random Wednesday, and we'll be back on again. That was an inside joke about our program director, Pete Spriggs, who I love. <laughs> so I'm not calling him pig farmer. That's on you. That was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again next week at noon on Sunday. But until then, get off my lawn. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB.